You are listening to a conservative review production. Trust, but verify. You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review's senior editor, Daniel Horowitz, and along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. Welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. It is Sunday, September 25th. Yes, it is early in the morning on this weekend. I always love the serene morning uh, mornings in the week, over the weekend where things are kind of slower. I don't have to monitor everything going on in, in the news and Capitol Hill and can actually think. Because if there was ever a time that was needed for us to just reflect very deeply and really look at a broad deep train of observations rather than just get caught up in the hype of whatever whatever political news the liberal media and then the phony Republican media and even conservative media does in response. We need to look at the truth. And and, and that that's what I'm here for. And and look, you know, I appreciate everyone listening every week, supporting our sponsors. We couldn't do it without you. And this is kind of our weekly, bi-weekly town hall meeting together. I have a video out on what I didn't want to talk about. I absolutely didn't want to talk about, but then I had so many thoughts in my mind, and I said, you know what, I'm not going to put this on paper. I'm just going to talk it out. And you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Cruz's decision. Everyone wants to know, man, are you for it or against it? Bad or good? And as always... I'm not going to answer the question that way. (laughs) I'm going to answer it by telling you it's much deeper than that. And normally we don't go through so much punditry as an end to itself. We're all about the issues. That's why we're called the conservative conscience here. But this punditry is really going to bring out the issue. So I got a video up, couple couple minutes. I hate video. I just can't stand it. I hate the way I look on camera. I'm so focused on the way I look, so I don't think about what I'm saying. Uh, but nonetheless, you want to see it. It will be up in the show notes. My brief thoughts on the real question, the real uh, reflection of his endorsement, and you know where it's coming from, what the real problem is. But what I want to address today is something that I really... A lot of stuff I haven't said before, and you know it comes from just deep experience in this field. And I think it's really gonna, it's really gonna give you this conclusion, the capstone of what we've been talking about for so many weeks as to why this party is is irremediably broken. The system is broken and we need to work together, not tear each other down. We need to work together to create a new system. You're going to hear a lot of equivocation in the next 20, 30 minutes. And that sounds very funny because, you know, everyone's like, Daniel, tell me how you really feel. I I never have any uh, lack of moral clarity on an issue. But this is not an issue. This is a strategy. It's a question about what an individual did, an individual we all like, and what it means. And the equivocation in my voice, you're going to hear me kind of giving both sides, 
giving a lot of different sides, asking a rhetorical question, asking asking what you guys think. It's a reflection of what you should all understand that when when we're all together in a very untenable, insufferable situation, people are going to do different things strategically. They're going to make different choices. But fundamentally, we all agree in what needs to happen, where we need to go. You're going to take a bad situation and kind of scatter, and it gets very divisive. It's not worth tearing each other down because sometimes there really is no good answer or there are a lot of good answers. And as it relates to what Cruz just did, I'm here to tell you, you're all right. All of you are correct. All the emotions you're feeling are all correct. And again, it reflects something broader. Just to begin with, just to start off, because you know, you're going to hear a lot of sentiments from me that sound like I'm defending what Cruz did. For the record, I think it's the dumbest political move he's ever made. Right? It makes no sense. Um, once he made the decision to not endorse at the convention and do it in such spectacular fashion, the way he did it, um, the cojones it took to, to, to do what he did, to then crawl back and then endorse now when, let's face it, nothing has changed. There's nothing worse about Hillary that we didn't know. There's nothing better about Trump that, that has, you know, he's evolved in any way. It's, it's, it's all the same. If anything, he's come up with more liberal policies you know, since the convention. There's no rationale. Um, he, he, Trump has never apologized for the stuff he said about his wife and his father. Um, and all, all you do, and I think you're witnessing this in social media, and probably many of you, I'm, I'm assuming the majority of you who listen, uh, you know, those who already you know, are with Trump, or at least once the primary was over, felt that no matter what, you got to support the Republican nominee, I'm not going to relitigate that. You know, you were already disappointed in Cruz. And the ones that made him a hero for, you know, not endorsing Trump, well, now he's going to lose them. And you're seeing that. So, I mean, strategically, it made no sense. There is no reason to do that now. Cruz was doing such a good job fighting on the issues. He was really doing a lot of hard work. A lot of people don't give him credit for what he's done the last couple weeks on so many issues. He's really been a lone voice, as he always is, and probably will continue to be, we hope. Just keep coasting for another five weeks. Why, why do you have to get involved in this? Why did he have to do this to begin with? But he did it. Nonetheless, he did it. So what I'm here to tell you is, th- there, there's a difference between, if, if I would have advised him prospectively, if he would have come to me, I would have said, it's the dumbest thing in the world, don't do it. But now that he did it, does that mean, oh, he was, a, he was a fraud all along. He's a fraud too. Oh, he's he's a coward. Oh, he's, oh, we're done with him. He's nothing. He's a nobody. Oh, he gave in too. What, what, I, what I want to tell you is they could both be true. It could be true that the guy is a rock star. The guy is a principal man. He fears God. He's a good person. He's a good conservative leader but he made a stupid strategic choice. Those two things aren't mutually exclusive. And what I also want to point out here is that, you know, if you're a Trump person that's happy that we're uniting and that Cruz is now supporting him, I don't think you should be happy as happy as you are based on where it comes from. This is what I made. the point I made in the video. 
And likewise, conversely, if you are, you know, obsessively anti-Trump to the point that, you know, you never want to vote for him, I don't think you should be as disappointed in Ted as you are. And, and believe me, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed, but from, from, you know, varying perspectives. I think all these things are true. And instead of tearing each other down over this disagreement over strategy, we should all... And, and that's the thing. I'm not... I'm not... I'm, I'm not upset with him as much as I think it's the dumbest thing in the world and the stupid staff he has around him. Sometimes he has a lot of great staff, but particularly there's one or two individuals that are very problematic um, and have been, you know, kind of a negative presence. Certainly worked him over, and he overcame it back in, in, in August. But obviously it wasn't uh, enough to overcome now. My point is, it's not worth tearing each other down. It just isn't. So, if I believe this is a stupid thing, how at the same time do I understand what happened? I don't look upon this with anger. I, I look upon it as someone who just sorrowfully looks at a meat grinder. And you see a meat grinder, it just wears everyone down. Some people in a second, some people in five seconds, some people in ten seconds. You have a guy who comes along and he, he doesn't get worn down. He never gets uh, sucked into the meat grinder. Day in, day out. And then finally you see him, they got him. They got him. He succumbed. Do you, do you then say, oh, well, I guess he's no different than anyone else. He's also like them. Or is your reaction the opposite? You know, if he couldn't make it, it's the system. We need to get a new machine. We got to get rid of this meat grinder. Nobody is going to navigate it. And that's my point here. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk about you know, what, to vote for him, not vote for him. I've said a number of times already, I, I think that is a false question. It's not the most important question. Do what you want. That's what vote your conscience means. It's what we're going to do on the issues thereafter. It's what we're going to do to start a new party or start a new movement because we don't have one now anyway. There's a lot of things we can do that are more important than your individual vote out of 120 million people. Uh, you know, whatever, you know, refer back to several podcasts ago where we go through this, why that's not the most important thing, why it's not worth tearing each other down. But nonetheless, as it relates to Ted, as it relates to Ted personally, I just want to give you a little understanding of what went on while still disagreeing with what he did. When, when he went, so, and also just, just to zoom back, you know, Mark Levin said, look, you want to know what I'm going to do? I'll be honest, I'm going to vote for him. That's what he said. But I'm certainly not going to change who I am. And, and, and <laughs> look, a day later, he wound up trashing Trump, and he still does every day. He says, look, I'm not going to sign on to the issues. I'll just say he'll be marginally better than Hillary. And, and that's the thing. You can go back and forth. No, but in the long run, it will hurt us. Again, these are disagreements in strategy and game theory. It's not worth arguing with each other over it. It just isn't. Like I said, you know, if you guys are fighting over this on social media, take a couple of seconds out. Give money to Lieutenant Governor Dan Forrest in North Carolina, Joe Miller in Alaska. These are people we can cleanly support. All of us can, no matter what. Let's make the plays we can make. But I think nonetheless, what's bothering many of you, and I feel the same way too, is that Ted personally, it's different. 
because he insulted Trump, insulted his wife and family. And and certain things you cross the line. Even if you're a Trump person, you have to appreciate that there's something wrong with a political system that forces a man, no matter what, okay, here's how it works. There's the red team and the blue team. Now you get on board after the primary. We don't want the other side to win, even though they're all kind of the same. And even if someone, like, is there no floor? I mean, no floor to what someone says about your family that, again, you might say, look, I feel I got to defeat Hillary and whatever. I'm not going to cast cast aspersions on that view. Um, but there's a difference between the man himself. I mean, you know, Cruz himself was the stuff he said about him and never apologized. That that makes a difference. I mean, that that was I think that's what's hurting so many of you. I mean, really, Ted, why are you going to give into that? But. Again, I'm I'm kind of running off the off the rails here. I wanna I wanna just point out to you that Cruz was shocked. Ted was shocked at the reaction. Um, he knew obviously the people who were with Trump would hate him. He knew that even some of the people that were with him that now said, "Look, you got to vote for him." Like, look, you know, I disagree. You know, we all need to rally behind the nominee. But he was shocked that people that worked in the movement for 50 years and supported him in you know, the primary, I'm talking about figures in the movement, I'm talking about donors, they literally turned around and savaged him. I mean, imagine if everyone you knew, all your friends, everyone, that, that your entire support structure around you, and you need a support structure when you go through this business, it just collapses. It collapses around you. Within a matter of, 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 of one day. And what particularly got to him. And again, I didn't speak to him personally. But just from intuition and you know, speaking to some other people. Some people around him. It really got to him the allegation that you broke your pledge. I mean, again, you know, Sun Tzu always says, you know, in the strategies of war... You hit someone where it hurts. You hit someone at their strong point and his integrity, his consistency, his principle. Oh, well, you, you, you promised and now you're lying. You're not endorsing. Now, look, we all understand and Ted clearly felt this way and I believe deep down, he's, I'm sure he still feels this way personally, that there's a limit to that, right? When someone, you, you have a rough and tumble primary, but when someone personally says your wife is ugly, I mean, there's a limit to what, you know, that pledge goes. And and then in addition, just not to split hairs here, the, the main point of the pledge was that you wouldn't run third party and split the vote. It wasn't so much that you need to affirmatively put out a statement saying, I mean, it's not like he didn't endorse him. It's not like he trashed him. He congratulated him and just said, vote your conscience, do what you want, whatever. Um, but nonetheless, you had people starting with Franklin Graham who trashed him for that. Somehow they didn't have a problem with Trump's lack of fidelity, you know, of marriage pledges and you know the pornography and everything but but Cruz was somehow the guy that's that's violating the 10 commandments but anyway this was this was the morality again i'm not trying to defend i still think it was a stupid move at this point you already incurred all the wrath now you're just going to upset the people that were still backing you but you you, you got to feel for the guy whatever hell this guy does he can't win the guy can't, the guy just can't win. What do you want from him? And that's what I'm saying. When people are just put in a rough situation, people are going to make certain moves. It's like, oh, that was all strategic. Well, yeah, and I think it's stupid because it's going to be perceived that way. But that's the sad thing about Ted. 
whenever he's being perceived as being political, the reality is he's doing it for what he perceives is the right thing to do. That's the real tragedy. And I know often I'll disagree with it, but I know where it's coming. It's coming from a good place. And that's the thing. I'm going to give you kind of a crude analogy, and I really don't take it the wrong way. I don't know why this has popped in my mind as I'm talking. You know, recently we had 9-11, the 15th anniversary, and I was just watching one of these horrible videos with people jumping from the towers, and and one of the firefighters was on camera saying something to the effect of, when I first got on the scene, I was thinking to myself, how bad did things really get up there that that was the better option, you know, to jump? And, you know, because right when they came, they didn't fully understand the magnitude of what happened. And and God forbid, I'm not comparing this to politics. I'm just saying, you, you look at what Ted did, and it was a stupid move. Like, why? What do you gain from it now? But that's exactly, at the same time, it answers why he did it. What did they do to the guy? How badly did he have to be worked over that this was the better option to make a fool out of himself and look like uh, just come crawling back and gain nothing for it? I, I look at it with sorrow. It's horrible. But this is the system we are in. That if you're a member of the Republican Party, even Cruz, who has bucked the stupid party more than anyone in modern history, and don't take it away from him. Don't, I mean, you can't take things away from the guy. And the guy is still doing it. You know, if you're disappointed in him, there's one thing if a guy's kind of a one-off, one-trick pony, and then he disappoints you. Like, yeah, maybe he's a fraud like all of them. I think the stuff he's done on issue after issue after issue, you know, it should demonstrate, you know, what the man is. Again, I'm not trying to defend him. I I just want to give you an accurate portrayal of just how bad this system is. All the people around him, longtime friends, all of his donors just trashed him. They'll be like, oh, so you sold out to your donors. Well, folks, I got news for you. In politics, 100% principle is really 80% pol- um, principle and 20% politics. Everyone has to, you have, you have to have a little bit of politics to you. You have to have a little bit of calculus to you, right? Otherwise, you can't operate. You do have to get money, right? This is the problem. This is why he was able to get so far. And especially the, the higher level you operate on, the more you do have to engage with certain strategic thinking. Um, Nobody has gone farther than, than Cruz. The only other person I can think that has never sold out is my friend Louis Gomer. But Louis is an obscure House member. It's a lot different when you're a presidential candidate, your national conservative leader. You need money. There's a limit. I mean, what do you do if every donor just says, screw you? Well, tell, tell them to get, you know, jump in a lake. Okay. Maybe you feel like, you know what? So he should have retired from politics. Guy insults your wife. It's it's better just to walk away from it. And maybe I'm not I'm not that that that's one way of thinking about it. The other way is, and I think what he feels. And look, you know, I do myself no favors by destroying myself. And his numbers did take a tremendous hit. And look, what do you want from me? There's going to be no one around to fight for the cause. So you know, he felt that this was the best thing to do. I'm not agreeing with it. I'm just saying that this proves that the system will wear a, it forces a person to do this. In, in other words, politically, it makes no sense. There's no, there's nothing to gain if you look at the macro public. 
what their perception of him will be. It will only be more negative after this. So why did he do it? Well, I, like I say, it's the same reason why Republicans do stupid things when the people are against it and they do it anyway. It's because of the donors. It's because of the, the political structure around them. Now, I'm, Cruz is not like these guys, but everyone does need a political structure around them. And this is the problem. I'm not saying, you know, oh, if Cruz couldn't do it, nobody could do it because he's a messiah. Just the opposite. He's not a messiah. It's precisely because he's a flawed individual like all of us. And he has his particular flaws. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. But it's precisely because of those flaws while, why I, I, I look at this with, with sorrow. I don't even blame him as much as I think it's dumb what he did. You're fundamentally not going to get another person who's, you know, oh man, so maybe I'll find someone who didn't sell out. You will never find a person that has the full package. If you picture a point system, how principled you are, how articulate you are, your resolve to actually fight for it, message it to the media, raise money, organize, run for higher office, <laughs> you rule everyone out. I'm not saying on certain levels of personality you can't find someone better than him, but it will come at a cost. They might not have the same resolve as him. You've got to look at the package in totality. You're never going to get someone perfect. And I'm not saying it's not about him. I'm, I'm, and this movement's not about him. And by the way, I, I want to share with you guys a thought. I, I can't divulge the name, but a, a Capitol Hill reporter expressed his, how impressed he was to me about Cruz supporters, he's like, you know, you're seeing with many other people, it's a cult of personality. With Trump supporters, literally, they'll change their principles on a dime for whatever he says. Literally, they are Trump's rear end. So you'll have talk show hosts that one day they'll perceive Trump as being pro-amnesty. So they'll say, you know what, I think I think we might have to do this. And then he'll go back on, no, 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 we shouldn't. Like, literally, there's no self-respect. And he said, I can't find a single Cruz supporter who's happy with what he did. They're not defending it just because they like the guy. And I'm very proud of everyone for that. That's what we are. We are beyond a person. But nonetheless, I think I don't think you should just view the person with hatred now. I, I, I don't think you could take that away from him. You know, Phyllis Schlafly, I was appalled by what she did in her final year of her life. It's not that she just backed Trump. She backed everything about him. She, she stood there at the convention when they were promoting the homosexual agenda, LGBT, yada, yada. I mean, stuff she fought against for 50 years. Um... I was appalled by it, but, you know, she passed away, and I wrote a very stirring um, tribute to her because I felt, you know, you can't take away the 50 years of what someone does. You can't define someone by one act. You can't look at everything in a vacuum. All right, did Cruz sell out or not sell out? Do you, do you agree with him? You got to look at the whole package. You got to look at it in totality. And, and, and this is no different. This whole election, you have to look in totality. The whole movement, you got to think beyond this election. You got to think beyond the person. You got to think beyond the one issue that the media makes everything such a false polarizing choice. Like I said before, there's too many people, um, you know, on the Trump side that everything's about Trump. They'll just say it's all about kowtowing to Trump. But likewise, there's people on the other end of the spectrum that everything you're all defined by how anti-Trump you are. So everything, you're, you're totally consumed with how anti-Trump you are. So by that measure, oh, I thought Cruz was the best, but now he's not. So now it's Mike Lee and Ben Sass. And look, I love Mike Lee, especially as a person. Um, but I'm just saying, really? So 
he's better than Cruz now. I mean, I mean, Mike Lee is appalling on jailbreak. He's literally with George Soros on this issue. To me, that's a lot more destructive than saying you're going to vote for Trump, which doesn't really matter. It's not going to sway the electorate anyway. And again, I don't want, I'm not trying to dump on, on, on Lee here. I'm, I'm trying to prove a point here. Um, you know, Lee is, Lee's a great asset on Ned, um, but Cruz has fought on so many more issues. You know, I, I'm not going to define someone by this one thing. It, it's just, it's not worth it. And Ben Sass, <laughs> really? So, I mean, this is your big claim to fame. I am anti-Trump. Great, thank you. But if that's all you've ever done for us, so what affirmatively have you done? When have you bucked the establishment? And that's the thing. That's what I'm just telling you. Everyone's going to have their breaking point. And rather than dump on the guy, we need to look at it and say, my gosh, this system is, is worse than I even thought it was. We need to get out of this system. You know, I'm always with these funky uh, football analogies. But I think this analogy is really apt. You can only go so far when you have your own team where you have the offensive linemen either or kind of doing two things at once, taking the ball and running it into the other end, end zone, and you have to expend all your energy tackling your own guys. You can never move the ball forward. This is literally what happens in Congress. We talk about this in you know, pretty much every week. My writing, go to Conservative Review, Conservative Conscience page. You see all my writings there. We go through this. We can't go on offense on, on refugees, on Iran, on jailbreak, on Obamacare, because we have to block our guys from doing worse things. Or conversely, you also have, imagine a team where the offensive linemen are tackling the running back. They're tackling their own team. That's what we have. That is, that's insufferable. You can't, that's a dumpster fire. Right? You can only go so long working that way. But the sad thing is we're in a system where if, if you try to fight that, you're viewed as disloyal. <laughs> Think about that irony. If you say, look, you're sabotaging us, but no, you're, you're viewed as being the saboteur if you're not loyal to it. And, and again, this is much more than just Trump. Trump's just the latest re reflection. Four years from now, and, and I have no doubt we're going to get to that point if we don't change the game. Um, we can nominate Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, pick your rhino, okay? We'll have the same thing. People will be very disappointed, but after two weeks into the general election, come on, the other side's much worse. You could always point to the other side being worse in some measure. You're always going to have that binary business. Always going to have it. That's never going to change. We're going to keep doing this. But I'm just here to inform you that you could have a star quarterback a guy, your best guy, put him on that team I just described. You tell me how far that man could get. It's going to wear you out. At some point, you're going to try to see how, how do I work with it? Do I agree with the guys tackling me, the malfeasance? No. But look, this is what I'm dealt with. I, I've heard it indirectly from Ted before. Again, I don't know if this came into the equation here. But I'm just telling you, there, there was um, the old joke with Ted is, he fights on 18 of 20 issues and most others fight on zero. The few others fight on one or two. So it's become such a thing that he's the default guy to go to on, on the one or two issues not there. Everyone's like, where the heck is Ted? So, you know, 
I, I heard indirectly from some people there was one issue. I'm not going to divulge what it was. And I was asking, hey, why don't I hear more from him? And he, he said very, very much in an exasperated way. And again, I'm hearing this third hand. You know, I, I'm sick of doing this alone. There's a limit to what I could do and make a spectacle out of myself. And that's the point. So as much as we could blame him for being worn down by the pressure. But where the hell is everyone else backing him up? I'm, I'm just saying. And this is what he saw. You know, at some point, there's a limit to what one man can do. Now, there's two sides to the coin. Because what I always say, and I've, I've told Ted this, I, I, I've, a, I've a saying in politics, there's no such thing as lukewarm hell. You know, so you might be eons ahead of everyone else if you grade with a curve. But all the more so, you know, like God judged Moses on a higher level because of who he was. You know, you're going to be judged by that if you falter. You know, because people are just expecting more from you. You know, once you incur the wrath, you just got to go all the way. And that's that's Ted's biggest flaw, that he's sometimes too clever by half. Where he does something so bold, but then he doesn't follow through with it all the way. But again, at the same time, I'm just giving both sides. He'll say to you, well, what the hell? Where is everyone else? They won't even come halfway there. I, don't, I'm, I look behind my shoulder and no, one, no one's there. I'm making a fool out of myself. Where, where, so I'm just saying for all of you guys that are upset with him now and were you know very proud of him, what he did in August, you know, and I'm, I'm not looking, I'm not talking down to you. I'm, I'm speaking to myself. I'm speaking to all of us. Where were we? There's a limit to what you w- could have your champion do. Again, still just intellectually in a vacuum. I think this was a stupid move, but now that he did it, what, what, so what? You know, next week, if he comes and leads a fight on the internet giveaway and refugees, I should just ignore him. Eh, you're just a grandstanding fraud. W- what do you want? Show me who isn't. Who is better. And don't point to me, the, the few people that are never Trump. Jeff Flake is never Trump. Okay, has that d- done anything for us? And again, I'm not talking down to any of you who don't want to vote for Trump. I'm just saying that, you know, if you have one man that has fought on almost every issue. He fought Trump tooth and nail. He, at the convention, stood up with, in, in a way, an, a display of manliness that no one's ever done in politics. And then, bam, a couple of months later, he just, he winds up, endure- and, and, and again, when the guy endorsed him, let's just say, it's not like he's like, man, Trump is great. Implicit in his thing is like, we gotta beat Hillary, okay? So it's kind of like, in, in itself, it's an insult to Trump. It's like, yeah, you're a dumpster fire, but I just, just want to beat Hillary. So, I mean, I'm just saying, the guy hasn't changed. It's the same thing with Mark Levin. When, when we're pressed with an existential crisis, where we don't have a vehicle, when we don't have a team, when we have our own team that tackles our own guys or takes the ball away from us and runs into the other end zone, we have a very big problem here. We have a very big problem. And there aren't too many good choices. And certainly as it relates to this election, a lot of people who are in public life, depending on what position you're in, they're under a tremendous amount of pressure. I could just tell you that. Now you could say, oh, you gave into the pressure. Yes, that, that, that's on one level, that's true. But it's also true that it, it's a reflection of the system. And, and it, it just speaks to what we're saying, all the more so 
we need to get out of this stupid Republican Party because as long as you're in it, you, there's a limit to what you can do. And even Ted Cruz, who has kicked these guys in the, in the you know where more than anyone else, there's a limit. Like what, at some point, I mean, they, they wear you down. Is this a reflection of something to come that he's changed who he is? No. Now, might he be doing certain strategic changes? I don't know. Time will tell. But I'm just saying that doesn't make the guy a fraud. It should motivate us even more to change this system. Because I could tell you, you will not find a man who could do it alone more than more than Ted has. You will not find a person. And again, don't point to me some obscure senators that haven't been they're, they're not in the position Cruz is in that they're able to maintain their position of not supporting Trump. Um, you got to look in totality what they've done for us. And that's the thing. It's, it's a, um, you know, for example, we have here on board two individuals. Um, we have Steve Dace. He has a radio show and we have Mark Levin. They're more or less express the same stuff, except Mark said, ultimately, I'm personally going to vote for him. And Steve says, hey, I'm never doing it. But, you know, we're all friends. We all agree on 100% of the issues. I'm just saying it's a big Steve has a great growing audience, but, you know, Levin is in the major leagues. It's it's a lot different when you have the Republican nominee and you are not supporting that guy. They work you over. The the entire system is like that. No matter who the nominee is, they're going to keep being that way, whether it's the Republican oriented media, whether it's the Republican oriented political consultants, whether it's the donors. And there's a limit to what you can do. Keep in mind, you do no favors if you can't get elected. If you can't get on the field and fight for us. You know, I have some House members that, that, that call me all the time saying, like, what do I do? I mean, I want to fight this, but I literally can't find donors. And this is why we need to get out of the Republican Party. I believe if you start a new, fresh party, you know, people will be attracted to it. We'll be able to you know, pony up at least enough money for it from just small donors or even people that don't feel the pressure because you're you're outside the system. But if you're in the system, there's a certain group think. That's the irony, because so many of these donors hated his guts. Now, for different reasons than we do, it's more from the left. Like, these are kind of your Rubio, Jeb Bush donors. But the irony is those people that hated his guts, they're, all, they're on board because everyone's got to eat. And that, that's the problem is in this business. If you need money, you got to eat. You got to kowtow to the donors. And if you're a donor, you need influence. And, well, there's two vehicles, Hillary or Trump. Well, I got to be on, on board, so here it is. I just wanted to give you guys more of a background to just, um, you know, how difficult it was for him and what he went through. And again, some of this I'm speaking at a turn. I can't speak for him. I can't speak for the people around him. Um, there's still some very good people around him. I don't know how many of them are going to stay. Um, but I, I just don't think... Yeah, and, and I apologize, and I know I'm going to get in trouble here because we have a deadline not to go past 30 minutes, and I've already gone past it. Um, but, but that's why I, I feel things don't fit on a bumper sticker. I wish I could write some shorter articles, some shorter podcasts, some shorter videos, but th- things don't fit on a bumper sticker. That's the reality. There's so much going on in politics that is more than meets the eye. That's more than what the liberal media, more than what the conservative media. And by the way, I want to speak a little bit about what the conservative media has become. 
you know, and, 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 and tweet me and email me. Let me know what you guys want to discuss and what you find helpful. But I want you guys to learn stuff. I want to be honest with you. I want to share with you my experiences, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing to the extent that I could, you know, share it and, you know, without breaching confidence. Um, just so you know more what's going on. We always complain, you know, you, you listen to these low information voters, these liberals, they just spew the drive by. They spew NPR. They spew the tax cuts for the rich. You know, there's the same trite talking points. Sadly, our side has become no different. It's just an opposite reflection. Oh, the establishment is bad. It's funny. They get it from us, but they don't even know why the establishment is bad. But they don't know the what's what of politics. So ironically, like I have a friend telling me, I love Trey Gowdy. I'm sick of the establishment. I was like, well, do you understand Trey Gowdy was the biggest ally of John Boehner and his bark is not his bite? You know, you're obsessed with his YouTube video, but everything's kind of like a sensation. Everything's a one-off. Everything's a talking point. And, you know, Rush Limbaugh, a lot of these guys, Drudge, Breitbart, this whole kind of axis there. It's just, I mean, it's become rotten in many ways. I mean, Drudge and, and Breitbart are now championing cross-dressing. Freak show. There's literally an article on that, that that guy who writes for Breitbart and Drudge, they're just, I mean, I guess this is what it means to be a conservative now. But I mean, we're bankrupt here. We have conservative media. They, 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 they get people so hyped up over this. You, know, you, you could take any issue in a vacuum and, and blow it, its magnitude out of proportion. You could make everything binary. Are you for or against this? Here's what Cruz did today. Are you for or against? Are you for? Are you voting for Trump or not? And then you're going to have everyone tear each other down. And the sad thing is we all agree on the issues. So that's why I want to just take a little bit more time to discuss this through, through the prism of some of the broader narratives we've been going through on some of our podcasts, some of our writings. And, and, and that's the thing. Not everything is a false choice. Not everything is... And I understand because you all feel betrayed. So you're like, man, this guy betrayed too. This guy, because there are legitimately people who betray us. But th there are also just people that get worn down by the system or people that genuinely think that they are making good choices in the long run. They think it's for the, for the better good. And I think Ted feels that, look, you know, in the position I'm in, it's untenable. I got to do this. Um, otherwise, I'm going to lose all credibility anyway. And what good, what good am I? And again, some of you might respond, so what? You know, you, you said this guy's amoral. You, this guy said this about your wife. You never even apologized. Be a man. It is what it is. I, I, just, I just hope that some of you come away with just a little bit more of a perspective. That it's just a little bit beyond this false choice, whether you... Whether you're you're for voting for Trump, you're not voting for Trump. Within those who's who aren't voting for Trump, are you do you hate Cruz now or not hate him? Um, I'm just saying there's more to life. Whether you sold out and said you're going to vote for Trump, it doesn't mean you you're a fraud. It means it's a reflection of what a terrible time we live in. That there's no clarity, there's no guidance, there's no leadership. Um, and it's tough. You thought that, you know, many of you thought this guy is the man. And I think in many respects, he still is I'm saying he's the man. We don't believe in a Messiah. But in many respects, he still is that guy. And, and, and my hope is and I still think pretty confidently he's going to be fighting on more issues more fervently than anyone else. 
So you just you, you you need to view a man's life and his legacy in totality. Um, you know, everyone makes strategic mistakes, particularly when you're under duress. And I think we're all we're all at that kind of breaking point now. So I I think with the remaining month and a half or so, a little less than a month and a half now, it's really time is flying by to the election. It's not worth spending all your time debating these abstract thoughts. Rather, you should use these these thoughts, these observations, as an impetus, as an inspiration for why we need to move forward. Um, and also, you guys should make the clean plays you can make. Look at all the statewide, and I I don't have time now, but I really hope before the election to come out with a kind of a list of people that I you know maybe I won't post a conservative review. I don't know. Uh, if they'd like that, you know, just directly endorsing candidates, but maybe on my social media, just a list of statewide candidates, you know, Lieutenant Governor Dan Forrest from North Carolina, Joe Miller, people that I feel that you could back with a full conscience. They're a hundred thousand percent in agreement with what we believe in. They'll fight for it. Um, different people we could donate to and look, you know, help our sponsors. If you, if you like, you know, what, what I do, what, what some of us do, we have a very talented team, very dedicated team very committed team, um, Patriot Mobile, change over your mobile service, patriotmobile.com, promo code Daniel, never forget that. They'll waive the fees, competitive rates, and and 5% of your, your money will not only not be given to liberal causes like AT&T and Sprint and Mobile, and, and Sprint, I'm sorry, um, but it will be given to conservative causes. Also, Go to our landing page that we're going to put up on the podcast. Again, I apologize. I forgot the landing page. But pay, for Patriot Supply, I'm telling you, with everything going on, liberals shutting down law and order, If you, especially if you live in an urban area, if things you know get pretty rough. It might be tough to go to a store for a couple of days. 140 meals for 99 bucks. You can't get better than that. Tasty meals. I've gotten gotten the deal myself. Support our, our, our sponsors. We're going to probably have more in the coming weeks. And um, like I said, I mean, I've gone way overboard, but I just feel, I just, to me, it's therapeutic from my end. I hope it's helpful from your end. Let me know what, what you guys want to discuss. If you have any questions that you want answered, either specific stuff, general stuff, I'm just one man. We all need to pray for guidance, and that's the bottom line. Like I said, I wish we could all get together in kind of a constitutional Congress-style meeting. and um, I'm sorry, constitutional convention. And like, like our founders did, pray for inspiration, understand that what we're doing is not working, understanding that we're in a tough situation, understanding where we need to get, and just kind of conjure up ideas as to how we get there. We know we need a new party. That is beyond dispute. And I think this discussion demonstrates that. That your best champions will not be able to operate around the donors indefinitely. They're, they are at some point they're gonna get tackled. You know, they're not gonna keep they're not gonna be able to keep making plays when not only do you have the defensive linemen charging them, you have their own offensive linemen sacking them, their own side. And that's my point. Just remember, as many of you feel like you were with Cruz and you were very proud of him, that he stood up for his wife and his family or on ideological principle, just understand 
what duress he was under. Just understand that there were very that there were very few people in a public way that stood up for him. And and so many people around him. You you do need a support network around you. I'm just saying it's it's very easy to do what I do. Well, I'd say it is pretty hard. My blood pressure is through the roof. I don't spend enough time with my kids. Um I'm always ticked off. It, it it's it's you guys, it's the friendship um from you guys listening and and coming to conservative review that really keeps me going but i'm not an elected official and i'm not a high profile senator i'm not a high profile conservative leader who came in as runner up to the presidential nominee i'm just saying that that's a whole level of scrutiny and as much as i wish it weren't like that as much as i still disagree with what he did i still think it was a stupid thing that he did it but he did it where do we go now I just want you to think about some of these thoughts. Tweet me your ideas. I got to run out before I get killed for going so overtime past regulations here. But have a great weekend, or if you're here Monday, great start of the week. God bless you. Let's pray for peace, pray for guidance. Until next time, this has been another episode of Conservative Conscience.